Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. I explore your faith hour. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. You can get involved by calling that little number on the screen there. You can email me as well. We will deal with it as it is happening. Good morning, everybody again here. Uh, 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 uh. How y'all? <laughs> See there? A little wannabe preacher. Um, last night I went to a meeting. Today I'm going to be speaking today at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time at a conference that's been, been put on by a Jewish organization of which I can't think of right now. What's the name of that group, Patrick? Freedom Alliance. American Freedom Alliance. I'm sorry? American Freedom Alliance. American Freedom Alliance. And they're having a conference on why Christians are being attacked all around the world in a really, really serious, serious way. And you don't hear an outcry about it from this country. The Christians in this country are real silent on it. They're not saying anything about it for the most part. And so we're having a, they're having a conference today with Christians and Jews coming together to try to understand why the Christians are so quiet about being so attacked. And it's starting to happen here, too, more and more. But yet, you don't hear an outcry. But in other countries, they're not just attacked by the media or trying to prevent Christmas from happening. They are being killed simply because they're a Christian. The churches are being burned down. and But yet, you don't really hear anything about it. You may get a blurb in the news, and that's about it. Go right there with the mic. Can you get the mic? He's in the days order. Go ahead. Uh, I've heard it. I've heard it in the news about the Muslims mostly right. know, at, uh, attacking the Christians. Yeah, I've heard yeah. it somewhere. Even in Egypt, Egypt, that's a big thing right now. Yeah. I've talked to some people from Egypt, yeah. and that's one of their major complaints, is they just want to let them be who they want to be. Yeah. 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 So and that's right. I, I've seen blurbs of it, too. But the point is, the churches, for the most part in this country, are not really doing anything about it. They're not saying anything or doing anything. So I invite you to come tonight. You too out there in, in TV land. I invite you to come tonight at 6 p.m. And uh, is there a website or phone number I can give out? Let me have that information. Let me have that information on it. It's real. And so last night, the speakers all got together just one of the sponsors' homes, and I was just shocked how bad it really is. Because in all honesty, I didn't know it is as bad as it is around the world. And I think most people don't know how bad it is. So I really want all of you people, to, you got ladies and gentlemen, to come to that tonight at 6 p.m. I wish I had known more about it. I would have publicized it more on my radio show this week because it's a very, very, very serious issue. It reminded me of how the Jews was uh, under attack. And uh, I guess I was too young. I wasn't paying a lot of attention at the time, but I guess no one did anything about that either. You know, they didn't really stop it before it got out of control. And, you know, we looked around, and it was just it was gone. And that's what's happening here with, with the Christians. Yes, you have the address? or. Are you on mic? I see two people holding the mic away from you. What is it? AmericanFreedomAlliance.org. AmericanFreedomAlliance.org. Make sure you check that out. If you can make it tonight, I know it's a short notice, but and I apologize. I just didn't know the seriousness of it. And uh, when they invited me to speak, I still didn't. You know, I knew here we were under attack. And I kind of know why, but I didn't know how serious it really, really is. So if you can make it tonight at 6 o'clock, I would, uh, that I, you will not regret it. And the fact that Jews are coming together trying to help the Christians is ma- amazing to me, too. That says a lot. And so one thing I realize about America is that Christians in America today, I don't know what they're like around the world, to be honest with you, but I know here, Christians are weak, and not all, 
but most are weak and pathetic nowadays. It's the darnest thing I ever seen. Weak and afraid and won't speak up, won't get involved, uh, can't handle anything, emotionally uh, destroyed, take things personally. It's amazing how weak Christians are today in America. And it wasn't like that growing up, when I was growing up. And not all, of course, but Christians were strong and outspoken and wouldn't tolerate certain things, especially in the church. And that's just gone now for the most part. And, you know, God said, we have greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We have power. We have, like, real power, too. But I don't see the power. And the secular world, the children of Satan, is really defeating the children of God. And it's the darnest thing I've ever seen. I hope and pray that we can turn it around. And I hope it doesn't get to a point where we've been shot down in America like, the, you know, they did with the Jews before we finally start waking up. We, because we're getting all kind of warning signs about it. But it's just so quiet on it. It's just really quiet. So I invite you to come out uh, tonight. Did you want to say something about that? Oh, okay. Uh, one of the things that became clear to me is, uh, in, in listening to people talk, is that there is no, uh, it, the, the American media and the world media has said that there is this radical Islam and then there's like this moderate Islam. Right. And it's clear, and it's become clear to me that there is no, there is no radical Islam and regular Islam. There is just regular Islam, which is radical Islam. Right. And then if you don't follow, there are liberal interpretations of Islam, so some people don't follow it all the way. But if you follow it, it is radical. And the intention of them, as they build up their numbers all over, and it's getting very bad around the world, uh, and it's starting to come here where you have whole, com whole communities being taken over by Islam, if they're allowed to just continue they will put us under their thumb, and we will be the ones persecuted and killed in this country. And we better wake up. Yeah. I noticed that in this country, whenever I look around, I see there are churches everywhere now. The mosques, they call mosques, right? And they're, like, huge, too. And they, like, have truckloads of folks going to them. And the little Christians, just nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just nothing. And then they talk about us, but we can't talk about them. The Christians have been taught to be nice. You know, if you say anything against them, you are judging. And our little Christians are not judging. Isn't that something? How do you convince children of God to not act like children of God? Nobody wants to judge anymore while we are constantly being judged. They're like literally coming to America and taking over America. They're in every aspect of our life now, in government, military, in the churches. They're everywhere, and they're telling us to shut up. And we're like, oh, okay. And then if a Christian does speak up, he or she is attacked by other Christians more so than anybody else. I don't understand. I just don't understand. Wait for the mic there. Go ahead. It's just like the Muslims there. I was listening to a guy on television this morning. I can forget his name, but he was speaking out against the radical Muslims. And uh, he was saying that how he was put on the list for, to be murdered, yeah. to be assassinated, yeah. because he was speaking out. You know, And there's other uh, Muslims out there that are speaking out against this radical There are some. Yeah. Yeah, I have them on my radio, so yeah. you're right. Yeah. And just think about that. that. That is a religion that if you decide that you don't want to be a Muslim anymore, you know, they put a, a, a hit list, list out on you. They're going to kill you because you don't want to be a Christian. I mean, a Muslim. But in the Christian world, you can walk away from it anytime, come back, walk away. <laughs> in and out. You can just be, and we don't want to kill you. And we may talk about you behind your back. <laughs> But we're not going to kill you. We're not going to put a hit, a hit list out on you, put a boundary, boundary on your head. But they will. It's like being a part of the crypts and the blood. You can't leave once you're in that religion. When you read the Koran, 
It tells you you can lie to the infidel, you can deceive them, you can act like you want to play with them. Whatever it takes to deceive them, you can do that in order to destroy them. They're taught that from birth. While we're taught to love. <laughs> we just got to love. And they're taught, and I don't know how you trust people who have been taught like that. Unless they come out the way that Wayne is talking about and just say, hey, this is wrong. This type of teaching is wrong. Here's what's happening to me. But you don't see a vast majority of Muslims coming out saying this type of teaching is wrong. You do not hear that at all. You do hear some escaping, but majority are not speaking out against it. And so as long as they're not speaking out against it, I'm going to assume that they're for it. Especially when they come to this country, they have the freedom and the safety to speak out. And if that's all they know, that's how they're going to think. That's what they're going to believe. I know a man who is in charge of a big position in our country. And he's one of the lying, lying men I've ever seen. Can just lie. Just lie. And uh, everybody just goes along with it. It's amazing, but hopefully you can come out tonight. Last word on that, Pat. You know, they've used the language of Christians, us Christians against us, talking about toleration. We need to have tolerance. And it sounds like a good word. It sounds like a Christian word. Yeah, let everybody do what they want. But, of course, it's turned into much more than that. It's turned into allowing them to do whatever they want to do, and then we say nothing about it. And that's not a Christian principle. It never has been. We need to kind of wake up from that, that that's not... You know, we need to speak out. If, it, if it's wrong and we see what they're doing is wrong, we've got to speak out about yeah. it. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I want to um, talk about a um, couple of things here. And, and I've not- I want to talk about love. I also notice that most people don't have love. And I want to talk about, give you examples of that, of not having love. And, and then I have three scriptures I want to read to you. And normally I don't give you a whole lot of scripture, but to, to me these are so important. Um, when, I, when I used to be the other kind of Christian, meaning that, Wayne, well, like, what other kind? Uh, <laughs> you're like, what? I used to go to the churches where they just, the preacher got up and just preached and told you about the scriptures and he never dealt with the congregation, so you never knew what was going on. He never knew what was going on with his congregation, so he was never able to help them because I realize now that the reason they do it that way because they don't know what they're talking about. But I, I would go to that church, and so everybody would learn the Bible and learn the scriptures and just quote the Bible. You can't even have a regular conversation. Like, you can say, well, what are you going to do today after church? Well, praise the Lord. First John chapter 2 said, don't overdo it. I'm like, okay, so what are you going to do? <laughs> they, they, didn't, they lost that sense of communication. And then after the preacher would get up and preach, and whenever there were like new visitors there for the first time, when the preacher's done preaching and, and the church's service is over, then the congregation pounces on the new people. You know, and it would just really drive people away and make them mad and make them angry, right? And 99.999.9, not all the time, but (laughs) 99.999% of the time, the congregation didn't know what they were talking about. But they were, yeah, they would attack the first-time visitors as though they knew what they were talking about. And it's the darnest thing I've ever seen. And I found out recently that that happens here at this church. When we get new people in, and um, especially if they open up in the service, after the service, members of this congregation attack the new people. They don't just go over and greet them and say, thank you for coming, welcome to the church, right? They're going to correct them and, and, and talk all that dumb stuff to them and really just make the person feel even worse. And 99.999% of the time, they don't know what they're talking about. Because if they did, they wouldn't do it. 
After the church service, you just say, welcome. Thank you for coming. My name is uh, Sue Ella or Joe Black, and good to meet you. But instead, they have to preach to them some more. Anybody ever done that in this church? (laughs) It's the darnest thing I ever seen. And they don't realize that people see your spirit. They know that you don't know what you're talking about. They know you're coming from the wrong place. But because they're new at it, they're going to hate you for it. And most of the time, they don't come back. And then they end up blaming me for it. And I don't even know that the congregation has acted so foolishly. And um, that has to end. And that shows that you have no love, no sense, no nothing. Because normal sense people don't do that kind of stuff. And it's just insane. It's just, and then I get blamed for everything. Poor me. <laughs> but I'm okay with it. I'm, you know, I'm the little head of the church, so I guess I have to be blamed for the silliness of the congregation. But I, I want to, because it doesn't just happen here. It happens at any church, really. Especially if they're into it and they think they know what they're talking about. But somehow or another, you have to have sense enough to look at your own life and know what you're saying to other people is all ego. It's just you just trying to make yourself look good and feel good about being wrong. And it's dumb. We are a spirit, and we communicate with each other spirit to spirit. People pick up on your spirit like your children do. You could be saying the right thing, but your spirit is wrong. Folks know that. They know it. They really just know it. Because your spirit is dry and still evil with no love. But you have all the right words to say. Sometimes just shut up. If we if we have had a good church service, the person or people don't need no more preaching after the service. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. But and I'm saying this because this needs to stop. It really does. You need you can't take the splendor out of someone else's eye until you take the log out of your own. And if you have fear, and if you have doubt. If you have anger, if you are an emotional person, if you worry, if you are into things and people and places, you don't have anything, no love to be sharing with no one. You don't have no preaching to be sharing with no one. It's really time to just shut up and just welcome the people, whether you're at a church with the scriptures and you quote scriptures or you being still and knowing. And all you've done is learn what? Nothing. And yet you pounce on people. How come you don't know that that's wrong? I mean, I know why. You just don't know yourself. I guess you just don't know yourself. You don't know you. And you don't see that. You know, I've learned all this stuff about truth, and I'm going around just pouncing on people about it. But look at me. I'm really not free myself. Why don't I just shut up? And just be like you were before you heard of God. Remember how before you heard of God, you would say, thank you, I'm glad you came. (laughs) Y'all don't remember that? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I want to read this letter to you. And then uh, um, I hope I can read this letter. Because right now, as I'm about to read, I feel kind of emotional about it. Because I think this person is being kept back because of some of you in this congregation. And it's unfortunate. A sincere person really wanted to know and be helped and was attacked by folks just quoting the truth and don't know it. And you do it because you don't know yourself. And if you, know your, if you knew yourself, you would know that there is a time to speak and there's a time not to speak. There's a time to give folks the truth and there's a time not to. Because you will be guided by what is right 
instead of what you've learned? Um, I, won't, I won't give you the name of this person. And the way I got this email, um, Patrick is the fundraiser guy at Bond, and he said out of notice, said, what has Bond done to help you? How were you helped by Bond? So we got people responding back to uh, how they were helped by Bond. All right. And that's how I came up, how I ended up reading this one, because they sent them to me, too, and I, 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 read, I read some of them. I haven't had a chance to read all of them yet. We got some great ones, too. We really got some good ones and some, some ones, you know, different ones. Here is uh, one that I got in response to Patrick's email. How, how has Bond helped, or what kind of impact has Bond had on your life, meaning the organization? It says, thank you for allowing me to give my feedback on my experience with your organization. When I first came to Bond, I was broken and physically weak. Uh, secondary to my new struggle with cancer. Prior to speaking with Jesse, I had restarted to meditate and was experiencing my prothetic, prothetic, P-R-O-P-H-E-T-I-C, what's that? Prothetic. Prothetic. Life, dreams, and experiences. This is what made me see out Jesse in order to make sense of what I was going through. He gave me great advice about my imagination, and in hindsight, I came to realize that was most of what I needed. In continuing to come to the Sunday, Sunday and monthly meetings, meetings, I would be challenged to face myself and my ways. I always, especially in the beginning, came with an open mind and sincere heart. After, after some time, I started to notice some things that would not sit well with me and would speak directly to Jesse about these issues in private. This I found to be more effective than group discussion because without any group dynamic, dynamics in the communication was dynamics the communication was clear and better understood. Overall, my experience at Bond has been a good learning experience, some good and some not so good. The good was helping me to have a better relationship with my mother, which for many years was a major issue, and dealing with some personal issue that plagued me for a long time. The bad was many times Many times, I, when I opened up, I felt judged and signaled out. You know what that means? This person spoke up, and they would judge, and was, you know, people would just jump on them. You know, if they said something that, if they said something that the holy ones didn't agree with. Anybody ever seen that happen in here? As soon as someone says something that, they write with what you've learned, you're on them. Just pouncing on them. Anybody ever done that here? I'm sorry? I've seen it happen before. Yeah. Because it's, uh, I think it's some, sometimes people intermingle their political beliefs with the Bible at the same time. Yeah. I think that's where it comes from. Anybody ever done this? Only one person going to admit it to? Two? Are you kind of holding your hand up? She's doing like this. Look like she's stretching. So, <laughs> look like she's yearning. I, you know, I didn't know if you. Were, but <laughs> two people have done that. Before I move on with this, don't give your name or anything, because I just I really want to get this out there because people are hurting the new people who comes in, just like they hurt them in those other churches when they do that with the scriptures. Let me go. Tell me what made you do it. Right here. Francisco, come with the mic, please. Stay with us this morning. What made you do it? Whatever you're doing, you're doing it out of what you know at that moment. You know, you don't think you're hurting someone. You think you're telling them the truth as you know it. But I started to realize as I, you know, stayed, stayed around that 
that may not be the truth. You know, yeah. it just may be my truth. Yes. And then I started to see that we just need to step back a lot of times because. Uh, Let her hold the mic. Because, because, um, because we're going to get a, a a handle for the mic from now on. Because, Go ahead. Um, a lot of times we what we think is true is not true, and we we keep. We're still, in, we're still trying to get there, so-called get there, and we're not there yet, but we keep speaking out about what we think we know. Yeah. So I saw that we were judging. I saw that we think we know something, so we're judging people just like the people who, you know, we think they don't know. Those other people over there, the so-called Christians, we think they don't know, they don't have it, but we're doing the same thing they're doing, so that made me step back from it also. Yes, good. And, and the key is what you think you know. If you think you know it, you don't know it. That's just intellectual knowledge. And we talked about that last two weeks, I believe, last two Sundays, where I realized one of the primary problems with folks today, Christians who think they know the truth, they now have the knowledge of good and evil. And so they base everything on, the, they base evil on the knowledge that they have learned about things. If there's no understanding, there's no discovery at all, they now have the knowledge of good. They already had evil because we were born in sin. And now they have the knowledge of the good by studying the Bible or learning the truth. And, and, and their whole life is, is measured by that. And because it's measured by that, they know nothing. There's no discovery they have no peace in their own life. They're not happy. They're angry. They're emotional. They are puffed up, and, uh, and they're acting like idiots. But they don't know it because they don't know that they are measuring life on the knowledge of good. They are measuring everything based on what they have learned about good. And in the Bible, it said that's what happened with Adam. The, the knowledge of good and evil is what really made him wrong, made him turn away from God, so he... Because he stopped discovering God. He stopped discovering the truth, and everything was based on what he learned about truth. Just like it was based on, this is wrong, according to what I learned, this is true, and that doesn't work. And it doesn't change your spirit at all from evil to good. And that's why people don't like you when you're around. Because they can see that you haven't changed. And then you're just too dumb to see you haven't changed. Because everything is based on what you've learned. And that's why you don't stay with God either. That's why you don't stay with truth. Because once you enter into truth, there's no turn. You can't walk out of the building and then go back and party like you never learned anything. You just go right back out in the world and now you're back into the same thing. You have not changed. You have not learned anything. You just learned about it. But you're still the same person. Your spirit has not changed. You, you have not been born again. I don't mean to be yelling, but it's just sad. I was talking with uh, someone last night, and they, <laughs> they were like, I don't feel like a Christian. <laughs> Oh, Christ, I said, you don't feel like a Christian. No. And I'm like, well, good, because there is no feeling that comes with Christianity. No feeling that comes with it. No puff up, no. And I noticed that people who learn the truth and learn the Bible, they feel holy. They feel like a Christian. So they're out there, I don't know. But anyway, I'll get to your hands. Let me just move on with this letter so I, can, I really want to get this letter out there. Okay, the bad, the bad was many times I was, when I would open up, I felt judged and singled out. There were times when I would be scared and felt trapped by my sins and would break down because I did not know if I was going to live or die. And one time in particular, I was laughed at and just tried my best to just be the better person. So this person broke down in a meeting, you know, talking about their problems, and he would laugh. The person would laugh at. No one was facing or dealing with death knocking so closely as I was at the time, and that made me think twice before opening up. 
Another incident was a member in leadership told me I could be walking on water before I leave the building. And this, I thought, was more than odd when this person clearly did not place the same standard on himself. And I know what they're talking about. I really just understand this. That person that said that to this person in leadership position only quoted what they probably heard me or someone else say, oh, you could be walking on water. And they're not walking on water. They've got so many problems, not even funny. But they cover it up with the knowledge of good. They cover it up from themselves and from everybody else. Well, they think they cover it up from everybody else, but they're really not. And so if I say to someone in, in the meeting, oh, you could be walking on water before you leave here, right? They, they think they're going to be coming from the same place I'm coming from when they say it. Not understanding what I mean at all, but it sounds good to hear me say it. They're not doing it. They got issues. They're still angry and emotional and out of control, but they'll throw that out there on a poor soul like that. Not guided by God in doing it, just do it because it sounds cute to do. Isn't that sad? Or just me? Let me finish. I was attending Bond for about six months at this point, and this individual, being a member, had been in attendance for over a decade or two. I point these things out first because you asked, and second, that I hope that the organization can gain an understanding in areas where they may be more effective, helping people with serious complications understanding not only that they are challenged correctly, but more importantly, with love. And that's what most don't have. Which is the greatest exchange a human being can have with another human being, human being or group. Sincerely, blah, blah, blah. Now, when I read this letter, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm glad that this person wrote this letter because I've been hearing things like this uh, from uh, people who come for the first time, and they'll call me like, oh, I'm not coming back because after the service I was attacked, and these people running over to me saying these things to me, and they don't know what you're talking about. They're not in a mindset to handle that kind of craziness, and that's not normal anyway. When the church service is over and people here for the first time, you go over and just welcome them. Thank you for coming. My name is whatever. If you want to play, here's my number. You don't go over attacking people like this because you think you know something. Especially new people. People are coming in here, they are hurting. They have left those other churches because they didn't find what they were looking for. And they like me for what I say. And then you mess that up by going spoiling with your ego. It's not even it doesn't make sense to me. Even I don't talk to them when they when I greet them after the church is over. I don't preach to them anymore. Thank you for coming. I really appreciate it. Please come back. I don't continue to preach at them. They had enough preaching. If they ask a question, I would ask the question. I mean I would answer the question, but I don't continue to preach. And then you go home and do the same thing to your children. It never stops. You're still preaching. And your kids see you don't know what you're talking about. Make me want to cuss. A cuss word came right here. <laughs> what is this? And then your kids grew up hating you. You wonder why. Oh, you grew up with no friends. You wonder why. And then you say, oh, they were just judging me. They just didn't want to hear the truth. Ooh, it's so quiet in here. Sometimes, um, when you hear, and you hear it a lot, I say, uh, a person speaks their opinion, and the rest of everybody that's here doesn't agree, they put that added pressure on that person. Yes. Not to speak again. It's like being in school, you know, you want to question the teacher, and and you don't do it anymore because you're being reprimanded by the teacher. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's the same thing. 
I have seen it happen in the media. As soon as someone says something, everybody attack. I'm like, look, leave the person alone. Don't attack. Let that person speak. Let them be themselves. But you got the people who are guilty of this need to repent really fast. And I guarantee you, your lives are, are not well. You're not. All is not well in life. You really need to stop this. And you're doing it because you don't know yourself. And you're hurting people. You're running them off. And that's not good. That is absolutely not good. Yes. Right here. I was just going to say that person also, they have to persevere too because there is going to be judgment in the world and everywhere else. And, you know, you want to get to the point where you, where God is protecting you and that you can hear all this, you can hear stuff against you and still persevere to still look for the truth. I, that was my first thought when I read this email. That was my first thought. Oh, well, they need to learn how to deal with judgment, Right. But I realized, and so I just kind of left it there, just kind of let it hang. And I realized that those people knew. They, they, they don't know how. That's the problem. They don't know how to handle judgment. They don't, they don't know how to handle situations in life because their fathers and mothers have not taught them. They don't know why they are reacting and overreacting to situations. So they are coming here or to another church to find the way. And so I, even though I, just, I thought the same thing, I realized if they could do better, they would be doing it. And I noticed that the people who attack them can't even have the things themselves. And so, you know, so it's easy to say, well, you know, not put you down because I had the same thought. Well, that person should learn how to deal with stuff. And that's how those attackers think, too. Well, you should learn how to deal with it. Well, you're not really dealing with things yourself. You're still overreacting with the knowledge of good, you take things personally. And so why would we expect someone who has not heard what you heard to be able to handle it when they don't know? They just don't know. When the people who are attacking can quote the truth until the cows come home, but correct them on something or say something to them in public that make them feel embarrassed, they go off on you. Yes. Both things need to work together. What you're saying needs to be said. And then they, hopefully they'll persevere too to find truth is what I'm saying. Because right, but if you give them to time with, to grow in it, they right. will get there. That's what I'm saying. They both, both things need to be said. Yes, you know, that's right. But I, that was my first thought too, and I knew that was from the devil. Because you got to, just think about how God treats us. God is absolutely 100% patient with us. Never mind how foolish and crazy and out there we are. He's one of us that pay. He doesn't say, well, you need to be understanding. You need to learn how to handle it. You know, and as children of God, that's how we need to treat one another. We can't help but treat one another that way if we are truly born again and children of God. Our nature is that, and we have no other way but to be that way. I had a, can I tell this story or not? I'm going to tell this story, but I'm going to change the name to protect the innocent. <laughs> I'm sorry? To protect the guilty? Yeah, to protect the guilty. I had a friend tell me recently, recently, I'm going to stop my, I'm going to stop my children from sleepover with someone else's children because someone else's children are always teasing and talking about people and my children. And, that made, and I'm finding out my children, it's starting to affect my children negatively, making them react and feel bad about themselves, right? And, I said, and, and so they said, well, I'm just going to not have sleepovers. And I'm just going to tell them, oh, we're not going to have sleepovers anymore because everybody's too big now. I'm like, What? I said, why don't you tell your friend the truth about why you're not having a sleepover? Because your friend may not know that this is happening. So if you are of God and this is your friend, why not just tell your friend, your kids can't sleep over here anymore because your kids are too bad. So either you change them from attacking like this or they can't stay over. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. 
Because how can you have a friend and you don't love them enough in love to tell them the truth and hope that they'll wake up? You go around even with a friend and come up with another excuse, and the friend may not even know. Does that make sense? It doesn't. And now if the friend be hurt about it and get mad, as long as you're doing it with love, that's not your issue. You're not pouncing. You're saying this is what's going on. Either we work this out or we don't do it together. But I don't get it. Make sure y'all leave a big donation today because I'm all mad. <laughs> I'm all mad. Um, and I know why I like that because you're not born again of God. Perfect love does not allow this kind of stuff to happen. It doesn't come from you like that. You don't pounce on people. You don't go to a cafe and the first thing you do is start attacking everybody. Leave the sinner alone. If God don't personally reveal something to say to you, have your coffee and just be friendly. No scriptures, no meditation stuff, no... Come back to normal life. I have so much fun with folks not talking about no truth. <laughs> Laughing and playing. That makes sense? Yes, sir. You know, you know what, you're, what you're really asking, Jesse, is uh, people to have absolute confidence in what they believe in. Yes. And then they wouldn't have these issues. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. There is a revelation inside of us that comes from God. And God gives you when to know and when not to know. When to do, when not to do. When to say, when not to say. He really does. And if that is not happening, shut up and just eat your sweet potato and shut up. <laughs> Please, because you're causing more harm than you are good. And this is why a lot of folks are going out into the world and the children of Satan are just taking them away from you. Because there is no peace in this. Anyway, let me take your hand and then I come here. Go ahead, John. Well, I noticed that uh, uh, most of the time in the Sunday meeting, you're asked a question to different individuals, and it seems that uh, as, in, as an individual, you kind of have to answer the question according to your experience or, or what you've been through. You may not, uh, in your mind, be thinking, oh, I'm going to attack this person. You're just answering the question. So... Maybe sometimes that that person can perceive that, oh, it's it's about him when really you're just describing your experience. That does happen at times. You're absolutely right. But then that's when you have the know-how given to you by God how to deal with that person. Like you see, you, you know, you see clearly what's going on, and then you will act accordingly to what is given to you to know. You're right. There are times, and, and I think that's what Rhonda is talking about too, is that. Sometimes people just don't want to hear it. They're overreacting. They need to learn, and that's true. But you can't know that with your intellectual mind because based on the truth you have heard, because that person may be overreacting, but that doesn't call for you to pounce on them. Maybe it calls for you to step back and leave them alone, you know, or God would give you something else to say to them that would cause them to see. He would give you gentle love or compassion, rather than a dead, angry spirit. Because unless you've been born again, that's what you have, a dead, angry spirit, a spirit of darkness. But yeah, that does happen. Yes? You know, um, that was um, shocking to me when you said that um, uh, people can see your spirit. Um, Because... A lot of times I get involved with the knowledge of what I know and I'll say things out of line and all that kind of stuff. Um, out of season, you know, it's yeah. talk about just brings up stuff like that, you know, so-called spiritual stuff, uh, religious stuff. 
and um, not knowing that they can see me. You they know, can. Jesus made same reference, I think, in Matthew five twenty four, where he said, um, "You don't know your what kind of spirit you are," and uh, that's so true. When I'm rambling, I, I don't even, you know, under, yeah. understand that concept that they can see me. They absolutely can see you. The unfortunate thing is. When they do see you, they're going to judge you too because they can't see themselves. So they see where you're coming from and they hate it where you're coming from. So they're judging you too. And both judgments are going on from both. You're judging them with the knowledge of truth and they're judging you with the knowledge of evil, of the lies. So it's going on. That dynamic is happening. That's why you got to wake up. I can't make you have it, but when you truly wake up, you're going to see the spiritual reality of life. Not with your eyes, not with your mind, but spiritually you will see the dynamics that's happening in your life. And that is something else. You know, I was in an argument with a friend last night, and he pointed out what what I was um, doing wrong spiritually, which was, was I was taking something personally. Yes. Right? And I tried to stay on the point that I was trying to make to get him off of that. I knew what I was doing right there, and it just occurred to me, you know, this morning, you know, what trick I was trying to play. Because he was seeing me, and he was telling that truth, and yet I didn't want that to be seen. I wanted to kind of try to blind him back, but it didn't work. (laughs) Yeah. I told um, a friend of mine, or some guy, some guy about one of his children, and it was the truth about how this person is, right? And they told me later that, wow, when you said that, I was so mad. I just thought about it all night long. It just played in my head. And they said to me, the interesting thing about it, it felt like you had said it about me and not my child. It looked like it was you had said it about me, and they said, I realized that I have, I am a, oh, I don't have the exact word. I, I think, uh, these are, I don't know the exact word, but something like, I, I, I think I own my kids or something like that. Or I think I'm living through my kids or, you know, I, I'm like a mother. I don't want to let go or something like that. And that's what's happening there. A lot of parents are like living through their children. And if you correct the child, the parent feel like you're correcting them. Because they have, they have failed in life, they're failures, spiritually dead, and they're living through their kids. And if you correct the child, the parent want to kill you. Because they, their life source is coming from that, their identity is coming from that. That's not being born again. You don't own your kids. You have a responsibility to be the light so that your kids can see, but you don't own them. You shouldn't be living through them. Let them have their own lives. You're supposed to be the overseer to make sure that that life is protected and guided in the right way and be there. But don't take over ownership. <laughs> don't make a home in their body. Bodies. Yes, sir, real fast. Then I got to read this. Yeah, yeah. thank you. It's like, uh, you know, if you're not parenting in the right way, it's like your kids are an extension of your ego. Yes. Exactly. And that's why you want to kill your kids when they don't do what you want them to do. Because you failed at it, and now they ought to do it. You know what I'm saying? Here's something I want to read to you. I was going to have somebody else. Rodney, come and read the long one, because I can't read, and I'll read the short one. Come, Rodney, please. Get the mic. Come on down. This is First Corinthians 1. 13 through, no, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. Run it. I want you to start here and then in, uh, right there. Yeah, right here. Uh, uh-huh. Let me see. Oh, start right here. The headlines and then just start there. The order of importance and spiritual gifts. You want me to hold a mic for you? Him to love. Set your mind on the higher gifts. 
and now I'm going to put before you the best way of all. Though I command languages, both human and angelic, if I speak without love, I am no more than a gong booming on a cymbal clashing. And though I have the power of prophecy to penetrate all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all the faith necessary to move mountains, if I am without love, I am nothing. Though I should give away to the poor all that I possess and even give up my body to be burned, if I am without love, it will do me no good whatever. Love is always patient and kind. Love is never jealous. Love is not boastful or conceited. It is never rude and never speaks its own advantage. It does not take offense or store up grievances. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but finds its joy in the truth. It is always ready to make allowances, to trust, to hope, and to endure whatever comes. Love never comes to an end, but if there are prophecies, they will be done, away with. If tongues, they will fall silent, and if knowledge, it will be done away with. For we know only imperfectly, I'm sorry, we know only imperfectly, and we prophesy imperfectly. But once perfection comes, all imperfect things will be done away with. When I was a child, I used to talk like a child and see things as, as a child does and think like a child. But now that I have become an adult, I finish with all childish ways. Now we see only reflections in a mirror, mere riddles. But then we shall be seen face to face. Now I can know only imperfectly, but then I shall know just as fully as I am myself known. And it is these, sorry, and it is these remain, faith, hope, and love. The three of them and the greatest of them is love. Thank you. And a person who has the knowledge of good, the knowledge of evil and the knowledge of good have no love. That's why you act that way. You have no love. You just have the knowledge of. And that's why you don't last. 168. One more I want to get to real fast. And I'm going to read this one. Uh-huh. Make a fool out of myself. <laughs> One's, let me see. 16. This is uh, Luke 6, 27 through 35. 16. 16. And, I, and normally I don't give you a lot of scriptures because I know y'all hate them. What? Uh, chapter 6. Uh-huh. Is this helping a little bit? Yeah. You guys see yourself in this? Yeah, yeah. You feel bad about it now? Yeah, yeah. You should. <laughs> uh, 16, We have people who come to... Uh, well, we'll get into that a little later. 96, 97. I wrote down the page number because I knew I was going to run out of time here. Oh, this is Luke 16. Uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 27 through 35. Um, love your enemies. But I say this to you who are listening. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who treat you badly. To anyone who slaps you on the cheek, present the other cheek as well. To anyone who take your cloak from you, do not refuse your tonic. Give to anyone who asks you, and do not ask for your property back from someone who take it, takes it. Treat others as you would like others to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit can you get expect? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit can you expect? For even sinners do that, that much. And if you lend to those from whom you hoped to get money back, what credit can you expect? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. I had to get over that one, too, because I'm loaning people money. They don't pay back. Now I know not to expect it back. <laughs> Instead, love your enemies and do good to them. 
and land without any hope of return. Now, that's what I had to get over. Because you know how people don't pay you back? <laughs> okay, land without any hope of return. You will have a great reward, and you will be children of the Most High, for he himself is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. He's kind to both. And as children of God, you can't help but act the same way. And if you're not that way, you're not children of God. And I'm telling you this so you can get to know yourself. And here's one last, just for a little treat, for compassion and generosity. Be compassionate just as your father is compassionate. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and there will be great gifts for you. A full measure, pressed down, shaken together, and overflowing, will be poured onto your lap, because the standard you use will be the standard used for you. Isn't that sweet? And I'm saying this today because I really want you to get to know yourself so you can stop acting out the truth and hurting folks. Hurting yourself and hurting them. And the only way you're going to know this is that you truly, truly have to keep your eyes on you and no one else. They got, they got to stay on you. Otherwise, you're not going to get what you're looking for. And you're going to be deceived by the knowledge of good. God loves us. And if we're his children, there's no such thing as losing. It's only winning. There's no such thing as going without. It's only gaining. Uh, and it's not about taking. It's always about giving. And giving, not expecting to uh, anything in return, but because of his promise, because he's your father, you're going to get it back anyway. You really will. So I say this to you out there in TV land and the ones here. If, if you see that you're guilty of this, you should repent of it. You don't necessarily have to go and apologize, but just see that you're wrong and let it go. You start to change. One, one thing that this friend of mine and I talked about when he said that he didn't feel like a Christian, what he doesn't feel anymore, for the most part, is judgment of himself based on the knowledge of truth. He has stopped judging himself, and now he can finally live. And one bad thing that has happened to Christians is that Christians have been taught from parents and churches and religious friends to judge yourself. This is right, this is wrong, and you got to go by that. You're never going to know God like that. You're not God. You don't have a right to judge yourself if you want to be free. Only he will judge, and he will reveal to you right from wrong. You don't know it. But you got to, you can't, this is not a game, and yet it's not something you should be tripping out about. Either you get serious about your spiritual life, or you just suffer and die. Because that's all you're really doing. And, and if you're not treating people with absolute, absolute compassion, then you have no love. And if you have no love, you have nothing. I don't care how many friends you have, so-called friends, or money, or where you live, or what you're driving, or what your color, whether you're male or female, you have absolutely nothing. Because God is love, and he lives in us in order to love others. Love is more powerful than hate or anything else. He is love. All right? We need your support, your financial, your tithe and offering. Please help us out by donating to the church. Or I'm a nonprofit. I'm a boys academy, a bond academy, academy for boys. We need your financial support. So go to bondinfo.org and make your tithe and offering. Uh, let me hear from you. I appreciate this email and others. So then we, I can deal with this stuff. A lot of this stuff I don't know is happening until I hear from you about it. And I hope that this helped today, that you will examine yourself so that you can repent and finally start living and become the light of the world and the salt of the earth. 
And if you're overreacting, if you have anger, if you have resentment, if you have fear, if you have doubt at any point, then you don't know God. You have not been born again. All right? Thank you for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. We do counseling. Let me help you if I can. Thank you for coming, folks. Appreciate it. For more information, to purchase a copy of this program, or to make a donation, visit us on the web at bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-2663. That's 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.